I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Not me, not Hermione, you. <laughs> Look at that, it's fine. <laughs> and this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to another episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm your host, Drew Allen. With me, as always, is the handsome Drew Crawford. Hey, thanks. I thought the nickname had gone away, and now you brought it back. Thank you. Uh, never, never gone away in my heart, at least, Crawford. Oh, yes. How are you doing today? You doing well? Yeah, doing really good. Excited to talk about our topic tonight. Which is, of course, Bloodshot, a movie based on the Valiant comic series. Have, do you know much about the Valiant comics, Crawford? You're, uh, I don't. Okay. I was started reading about them and their history uh, in preparation for this, but prior to this episode, no, I did not know very much. Okay. I, I was kind of in the same boat. I listened to one other podcast about this movie, because this movie came out a couple years ago, and I really wanted to see it when it came out. I let it pass by. This was during the pandemic, um, but yeah. I really wanted to watch it for this podcast, and I was saving it till now, and I'm happy to get into it. But the Valiant comics were kind of like the fourth tier comic franchise of the 90s. Uh, apparently there was a comic boom in the 90s where everybody hopped on, and Valiant Comics kind of found their way up to the top because there kind of wasn't anything else besides DC and Marvel, and apparently Image Comics, which I don't know much about. But yeah. I didn't know much about I know, Valiant I know either. it was started by uh, a former C-suite level person at Marvel, and they left uh, okay. and, and spun off and, and started this. Uh, and then it got bought, and then that company bankrupt and then, then uh, they got bought by uh, they like rebranded and then got bought by another company so they've kind of had different uh, life cycles and iterations as they've gotcha. got along their fair share of struggles well they gave us a Vin Diesel feature film so I'm not upset about it and Groot himself <laughs> um, it's Bloodshot is kind of like the Valiant's Punisher slash Wolverine and it yeah. stars the now 52-year-old. Some might say, you know, they're Morbius. Wow. Well, and that's interesting you put because it is a Sony-owned movie, but I think they sold Valiant comics to Paramount now, and so I'm not sure. There's some up in the air as to whether this bloodshot will be in any crossovers of future Valiant comics. I think oh, interesting. they have their own X-Men, which are the, the Harbinger series, which yeah. they've been planning on making a movie for a while now um but we got bloodshot and this movie was incredible we talk about underrated movies people need to go out and see this movie well you can probably don't need to go out now you could just see this movie in your own house you can you can get it on uh apple tv or itunes movies or whatever it's called i don't Mm. know uh for 6.99 a bargain a bargain a steal a steal if you will because you get so much movie out of this movie and it's it's a comic book movie and they he kind of is a superhero character but it's not like a superman movie it's not a an a marvel movie it's just kind of more like an action thriller vin diesel movie almost with some wolverine aspects with some super tech some futuristic cyborgs and it's just a fun watch and that's why I come no, away I, with it. I just had fun watching this movie. No, I would completely agree. I, I had a 
really fun time actually and i remember seeing the previews when this was first coming out and being excited about the movie and then in the middle of the pandemic and movies kind of failing everywhere Mm -hmm. uh i missed this when it came out and it really flopped in the box office Mm -hmm. and i think undoubtedly the pandemic had a really big part to do with that Mm -hmm. it also just didn't get a ton of critical acclaim which is a bummer because uh i think the cast is really fun i think the story is very fun Mm -hmm. and to your point it's not the best movie ever i'm not going to sit here on the soapbox and, and stand for that but it was a decent enough movie that had a pretty fun cast and I don't know. I saw some of the reviews that said like, "Oh, this story was like totally predictable," and I knew like what was happening the whole time. And I was like, "Uh, I didn't." Yeah. I mean, I had like some thoughts, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't see the big twist coming. Yeah. Uh, but then I started seeing twists everywhere, and those yeah. didn't really pay out. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, so yeah, let, let's get into the, the story a little bit here, and. Uh, the Bloodshot stars Vin Diesel as a Marine, a special ops. I don't know if they ever say if he's a SEAL or not or or what have you, but he's on a mission. He successfully saves the hostage, comes home to his beautiful, lovely wife. They have a fun time. Wakes up and he's kidnapped by Rock and Rolla himself. Uh, what's that? What's the actor's name? Toby Kebble. I might be mispronouncing his last name, but that's how I say it. Toby Kebbell, who dances down the the screen, so such fun. a great intro scene, <laughs> such a great scene. He nailed it. Yeah, he did a great job. And the uh, as far as the introduction of a bad guy, I thought that that was really fun. There were a lot of things that were kind of campy about it, mm-hmm. uh, which also makes sense later on uh, as you find out more detail about yes. the the movie. But it was still very fun and. I would like to see Toby Kebbell in more things. Right. That's a- I think that he is a one-man scene assassin. <laughs> he can steal a scene in a heartbeat. That's so true. And I was so excited. I had the same takeaways from that scene. I was like, wow. It, it just had me reminiscing of, like, it's essentially the same rock and roll character in his, yep. in his intro. Um, but he, he steps onto this screen. Bad guy holds Vin Diesel's wife hostage. Needs info from him, but Vin can't give it to him because he doesn't know it. And then he just straight up mercs both of them. Just shoots them both. And then the screen goes to black. And at this point, did you know what was going on? Were you expecting that? Uh, Only in that the one-sentence intro for this movie, like when you Google it or you look it up on IMDb, says... A soldier gets reanimated and wakes up with superpowers. And I was like, all right. So I basically went in with, like, he's got to die here at some point. Yeah. That's fair. And this, I think the big difficulty with getting people to watch this movie is it's hard to sell them on it without kind of tipping the hand about everything that's going to happen. Like, even when you cast Guy Pierce in the head lab role i mean that's kind of a this you have way too talented of an actor here in this role in this side position um but it's just a fun movie all the way throughout we're going to get into the the next portion of this movie where it's going to start to 
kind of tip the hand a little bit about what's going on here. Um, so I recommend going and watching it. If you have already seen it, then let's trudge on through. If not, yeah, you consider this your spoiler alert. But like, here's the deal, guys. It came out two years ago. So like, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to find out what happened. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. And, and it's just it's fun all the way throughout. I can't recommend it enough. Like, this is executive produced by Matthew Vaughn. Like, I don't know if that pulls you into this movie at all. But you could tell Do love like, that this. That's probably how we got Toby Kebbell. Yeah, yeah, and like the, there's such a cool feel to this movie, like the there's one scene where the next scene is, Vin Diesel crashing a truck of flour, an eighteen wheeler of flour into a tunnel, to trap Toby Kebbell in it, um, and the whole scene is just foggy and lit by like taillights, so it's a bunch of red, um, flares. Yeah, this movie's very red, and I, it's probably a, an influence from the comics. But and then you get Vin Diesel just tearing apart special forces security guards left and right, and that scene it doesn't quite get scary like a, like a horror movie, but it is very thrilling and fun to see him like disappear and get shot and then reanimate and just start throwing people left and right. Yeah, it's just, yeah when when he I was gonna say when he wakes up uh, and then. It starts finding out about his superpowers. Um, first of all, there are a lot of like action movie tropes that happen mm-hmm. in this movie. I enjoy a lot of them when they show up in movies because mm-hmm. it's almost like a blanket of action. <laughs> You're like, ah, we all know this is going to happen. Like, yeah, we all know they're yeah. going to do the training montage uh, where you know they go and they do a very mundane task. Mm-hmm. And then immediately jump up to a insane level <laughs> task that is not the natural next step. Yeah, yeah. Like in this one, he punches a, a a punching bag and then breaks it, and then goes, "You know what? I should punch next this concrete pillar and see what happens." It's like that's not the yeah. next step, guy. It just starts like eating dumbbells, basically. <laughs> um, and, but the other one that always bothers me is when the people who are explaining your new powers to you Mm. instead of being like hey (laughs) let me tell you about what you can do Uh they just throw something at them or like cut them or do or like shoot them to be like hey look it didn't work right or like hey look you caught it and it's like hey don't do that like a heads up guy yeah you could literally just say if I were to cut you right now, you'd heal right away. You don't need to actually cut me. Yeah, so Guy Pierce cuts Vin Diesel across the hand to show him, look, these nanites will like, heal you. Mm-hmm. But instead of verbally telling him that, he just shakes his hand and then cuts it. Like, what the <laughs> heck was that? Instead of being like, hey, look, I'm just going to make this tiny little nick on your pinky finger yeah. and look what happens. Instead, you just assault him. Yeah, yeah. To prove a point, like this guy just woke up supposedly out of a coma or whatever. He was dead. Like, cut him some slack. Yeah. Do you trust me yet? I've cut off your arm. Does that make you trust me more? Yeah. No. It's like, hey, I'm about to slash you in the hand, and the next thing I'm gonna say is, you need to trust me implicitly. I have your best <laughs> interest at heart. Yeah. But that is that is a good scene that we get to learn that uh, Vin Diesel can heal himself because they are nanites. Not in his blood, but are his blood, I believe, is what KT says. Mm-hmm. Isa Gonzalez, who is very talented. She did a phenomenal job in this movie. 
I enjoyed her. I enjoyed Guy Pierce. I enjoyed Vin Diesel. And I enjoyed the guy from Outlander who plays Dalton. Like, everyone on this team mm. is exciting and fun. Um, I was I was pretty meh about Dalton. You weren't a Dalton uh, fan? No, but Lamorne Morris from <gasps> New Girl yes. was oh fantastic. Gosh. What a out-of-left-field appearance. Like, I was excited when I got to see Vin Diesel star in a superhero movie. I was excited to see Guy Pearce as also starring in this movie. It was fun to see Outlander Guy. It was fun to see Isa. But when Winston from New Girl shows up on screen, I paused the movie and stood up and kind of walked around a little bit because my world had shattered. I didn't know he was in other things. <laughs> and he does a British accent, and he does it well. I legitimately yeah. had to look up, was Winston from New Girl, is he British? He turns wasn't. Out no. Yeah, turns out not. But you had mentioned something about accents in this movie. Yeah, there was a little fun trivia about it that Lamorne Morris is actually American and does a British accent. Toby Kebbell is British and does an Australian accent. And Guy Pierce is Australian and does an American accent. So they really just do like the little three card Monty of accents. <laughs> it was fun. They, and everybody was believable. I, I didn't. The, I think Winston's was so different than what I'm used to him hearing that it was hard for my ears to hear him speak that way. But I thought he did a phenomenal job. Uh, I'm not good with, with judging accents, though. But his character was so fun as the... Uh, yeah, I know it was better than anything I could have done, so yeah. uh, I'll give him that. <laughs> there you go, there you go. He plays the coding superhero, kind of. I don't know if he's a superhero in the comics, but he is a super coder. Uh, Wilfred, he's, he's the guy in the chair. Yeah, Wilfred Wiggins. Um, but he comes out of left field, and he's phenomenal and so fun. And this is essentially an origin story for Bloodshot, which I'm sad because... Now knowing that Sony sold off their rights to Paramount and that they're probably going to not cross over the series into anything in the future, I'm sad that we don't get to see more of these characters because this movie was so fun and I love this universe. I wanted to see Bloodshot 2, Return of Xander Cage. I wanted to see <laughs> Bloodshot 3, John Wick crossover. I don't know. I wanted it all. But suffice to say, this was a good movie that... I kind of got sad there for a second, thinking of what this could yeah, be. Yeah, sure. There are, I will say, um, you know, I mentioned earlier there are a lot of action movie tropes. And the basis of this one, like you talked about, it's an origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do the, the classic action trope of an edgy but ultimately good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of the the loose cannon, right? In the opening scene, his... Uh, lead yeah. military person's like, hey, you can't you can't go in there. Wait for backup. And he's like, got it. I'll do it now. And it's like, <laughs> all right. Loose cannon. Here he goes. Yeah. But ultimately, he's the good guy protagonist, and you root for him. Yeah. And he has everything taken away from him. And now he has to go on a rampage for revenge. Like, in the first 15 minutes of this movie, I was like, all right, I get it. I've seen this. I've seen yeah. this a million times. Yeah. And it's a classic for a reason. Uh, I did love the twist they put on it. Uh-huh. Uh, of, and I know we talked about spoilers earlier, but basically it being a simulation that yeah. this guy, guy Pierce puts him through mm-hmm. uh, every time he needs him to go kill another person. And it's basically just 
human manipulation. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, RoboCop meets John Wick backstory. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, if, what if John Wick woke up every day mm. and believed that his wife and dog were murdered in front of him? Yeah, that's a really good he point. He would kill <laughs> everyone. There would be no mobsters left. No. <laughs> like, that, that'd be the greatest weapon the FBI could create. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, we learned that Vin Diesel is just kind of this toy soldier that gets reprogrammed to target whoever they want to. And that, spoiler alert, Guy Pierce is the bad guy. And he's planned all of this. And I think you brought up a good point with all of the cliches in the first half of the movie. The first 15 minutes are, we learn, is just a simulation. And they even comment on it in the movie where Guy Pierce is like, I'm not taking any more ideas from you. The first, the simulation you've come up with is so boilerplate, like, yeah. movie cliche. Like, you have no original ideas. And so it's kind of funny that they're tipping their hand. And also, I feel like that's kind of good screenwriting that they made, yeah, movie cliches, but it's still fun. It wasn't not fun. And then you learn yeah. that, oh, those are all there for a reason. It's because... They had a purpose. Yes, yes. It kind of flavors it even more. And it's fun to go back and figure out oh the reason rock and roller dude is dancing down the screen to psycho freak or psycho killer is because some coder thought it would be really funny if that happened yeah <laughs> in the universe um but that's and it a, was <laughs> it was phenomenal <laughs> who knew um but yeah and then they uh from then on the movie is you know kt essentially trying to get vin diesel to remember the truth and then you're hoping Vin Diesel can get out of this cycle. And once he does, once he meet, runs into Winston, who helps him free himself from this endless loop of killing guy after guy after guy, um, then they go after the big bad, Guy Pierce and Dalton. And I keep forgetting the blind guy's name. He was kind of... Tibbs. Tibbs, yes. Um, so it essentially becomes Vin Diesel, KT, and Wiggins versus those three. And yeah. You get some pretty intense superhero battling at the end. People diving through windows, falling off elevators, taking grenades to the face. All the good yeah. stuff. Was yeah. there a favorite uh, kill or a favorite action scene moment for you? Man, um, I will say one thing I just thought about uh, when we were talking about Guy Pierce and you were walking him through and, and you mentioned like, the toy soldier and winding them up and let him go. And I know that's a comment they made in the movie as well, mm. but it got me thinking, I don't know if the studio did this on purpose or if Guy Pierce just thought it'd be really fun, but it's basically him being on the other side of memento, right? Yeah. Where instead yeah. of him being the one that has no memory and is just like, just knows somebody killed his wife and he's out there to try to find him and kill him. And his, cop friend is like i keep leading you to all these different john g's yeah to yeah. to kill them wow and we're like running yes. we're like running out of bad guys to kill here <laughs> um and it's really fun to see guy pierce be on the other side of that coin yeah of saying like i'm gonna give this blank slate the motivation to go kill the people i want him to kill mm -hmm. uh so he's the manipulator instead of the manipulated yeah. uh, which i thought was kind of a fun little twist yeah and and you get to hear kind of all his uh, reasoning for for why he thinks he's doing the right thing. You know, he's given Vin Diesel yeah. a purpose and a reason to live and a a happy you know scenario before it gets crushed. But then you forget all about the crushing. 
and we start over, uh, which yeah. is kind of an interesting philosophical idea, which uh, I thought was cool. And I love that yeah. this Guy Pierce memento flip. I love that take. Yeah. And I think uh, this movie does a good job kind of foreshadowing some stuff as well. Like when Dalton comes into a race, Vin Diesel's brain, and he's just a real jerk about the whole thing. And he puts yeah. the gum underneath the table, and you see that there's like eight or nine gum uh, residue there. So it's clearly mm-hmm. not the first time this has happened. And um, I thought that was some good, some good uh, directing, some good screenplay there. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that as well. But uh, to answer your original question, if there was a favorite action or like fight scene, I, I think I really liked the first one that you mentioned when he's in the tunnel full of flour. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really cool. And it does also lend itself to his visually what he looks like in the comics where he, he's very pale. Yes. And, yes. you know, bloodshot eyes and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he looks like at the end of the movie. They, like, really make that happen with the nanites and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they force that coloring a little bit with the flower everywhere and yeah. the red lights and the flares and stuff so you get a lot of that visual aspect and then the fight scenes were just really cool you know flipping a guy over and placing him on his own grenade and like letting him explode (laughs) the action was really good and creative and there's a lot of things I hadn't seen before I did think it was funny uh, him walking into that tunnel or like walking up to the original car and like killing you know shooting the the window Mm -hmm. And he just straight up took, I don't know, 10 <laughs> shots to the back. Yeah. With the only proof of his <laughs> healing ability being cut in the hand yeah. once. Yeah. And just with little to no <laughs> regard for if that was going to work, he just really trusted the yeah. nanites' technology. He took that the like, I couldn't value. wait for Guy Pierce to come over, you know, the head intercom and be like, by the way, the one thing we can't stop is death by bullets. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, he didn't ask any questions. He was... No. Nah. Like, as soon as he learned all about his superpowers, he's like, I don't care. I'm angry that you brought me back to life. And then goes to bed. And then wakes up and tries... Runs off on his own. But yeah, yep. he is not told at all, like, hey, we can stop a cut on the hand, but not 18 gunshots. Like, if you get your head chopped off, you're dead. If you are burned alive, yeah. you're dead. Um, he just runs in no, there, throws. But don't flour. worry, you can you can lift a bunch of you know weights with your arm, so that probably <laughs> means you can survive death. Uh-huh. Uh, also, here's a side question for you: Do the nanites still feel pain, like themselves, or you mean Vin Diesel? like do they cause pain like to his brain? They like, do does have he... very pointy hands. I hadn't thought about that. Like getting shot. In the chest, you might be like, at least my nanites will save me here. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. do you feel like you got shot in the chest? I have to imagine. Because. Yes. Yeah, that still sucks, dude. <laughs> that does make a, like, now that I think about it, a lot of choices Bloodshot makes are for cool effect. But he doesn't need to take as many grenades to the face as he does. Absolutely not. <laughs> Not a guy who supposedly was this, like, military-trained, you know, badass Navy SEAL. Maybe he was not good at his job. He was dead for a reason. That's fair. He got kidnapped Uh, almost immediately. Yeah, he was. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, this dude might have not been good as a military 
personnel. <laughs> he may not have because... been a military guy at all. No, I think he was, right? Yeah, yeah he was, because he goes and sees his, his ex-wife or whatever, sure. and they talk about him going on the missions and stuff and whatever. So okay. that's at least confirmed, unless it's all a simulation. But Just a line at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, speaking of the end of the movie, I thought it was funny that they drive off into the sunset, and uh, <laughs> Wiggins talks about that. Yeah. And it just make, it made me laugh, because it's like, is Vin Diesel contractually obligated to drive off into the sunset? <laughs> He, it's like he did it in Fast and Furious and was like, I will do this every time. I have to imagine he's contractually... Family. <laughs> Groot. I have to imagine he's contractually obligated to show up in a wife beater at least once in a movie. Sure. Has to. Also, I... Now that he's done Guardians of the Galaxy, I can't help myself from thinking what he would be like if he played every role as Groot. Wow. Okay. Or if he only had dialogue that was I am that character's name. So he's like, I am Bloodshot. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill that guy? He's like, I am Bloodshot. Like, I, I get it, but like, are you? <laughs> I feel like Fast and Furious would be I am family. We yeah, are for sure. family. Um, we are Corona. <laughs> but no, you get to see Vin Diesel in a wife beater right after... Like on the military base, and it like took me out of the movie for a second because I was like, "He took his shirt off to do it." Yeah, yeah. He had another shirt on, <laughs> and then it's was like, take. "This is what the people want." It's a, it felt like he was revealing his character from Fast and Furious into this movie. I was like, "Yes, Dom, Dom's here." Yes, it it really shook me, and I was expecting Groot to be walking in the background. I was waiting for that yeah. to to pop in, and now I'm just picturing Groot in a wife beater, and I'm here for it. That's hilarious. Uh, that'll be in Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, it has um, there was a couple things that bothered me from the action in this movie. One is there was just a ton of cool guys don't look at explosions. Yeah, yeah, and they like kind of reveled in it too. Like, one yes, guy was, like, they really leaned the... into it. Yeah, which yeah, Dalton points at the car when it explodes. Mm-hmm. KT blows up the server room and just like stands on the edge of the glass and it's like man people have a lot of trust in technology here <laughs> because yeah. what happens if that glass shattered from the heat or the explosion or Anything. like the whatever yeah. and then you're dead because yeah. of your hubris from standing in front of a glass explosion yes that is so true and like like when Vin Diesel does stuff like that there's a certain level of you you feel like Vin knows that this is crazy like he he's not like super alpha i am like there's there's a certain level of like you're you're pitch black you're riddick you're groot yeah like you know that this is crazy you know that this is not real the fast and furious franchise has gotten more and more crazy um and so when he does it it seems like oh yeah this is a vin diesel movie but when yeah. other people are doing it, it's like, oh, come on. You're trying too hard. I don't know. I don't know why I give Vin Diesel such a pass, but I do. I love everything that he does. It's more like we've just become numb to it. We just expect it from him. You know, you can start your career racing cars in the desert a quarter mile at a time in a pretty realistic way. Yeah. And then the natural evolution to jumping your cars out of spaceships and stealing <laughs> bank vaults down the streets yeah. uh, makes total sense to us. We just <laughs> embraced it. He tackles so many walls in this movie. 
just we lie to ourselves constantly yeah. about Vin Diesel's abilities. <laughs> it's um, yeah. Da, da, da. Oh, the other thing I was gonna say was I was kind of worried when the scene where he figures out the nanites are in him, and mm. then he is triggered about like, oh, I gotta go kill Toby Kebbell, mm. and. He, one, just walks outside and steals a truck. I mean, that's yeah. not his truck, right? At least yeah. he doesn't know it's his truck. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, he just straight up was like, it's my truck now. Mm. And then just knows to drive to a private jet. And then also just yeah. leaves the truck in front of the private jet. He gets out of the truck and gets on the private jet and hits the throttle. And one, the doors are not open wide enough to get that jet out of there. <laughs> and two, the car is still in front of him. Yeah. So he just stole somebody's truck, then crushed it with a jet, and then was like, whatever. Um, but and, during that scene, he figures, you know, figures out how to use the nanites of like, whoa, what is he doing? He's connecting to the internet. He's downloading yeah, how yeah. to do stuff. Um, which, you know, is happens in other sci-fi movies as well but i got really worried about okay this is a very overpowering superpower yeah. that he can just yeah. hack into anything with his brain and he can never die and he can punch the crap out of everything yeah he's essentially uh, like cyborg from the new justice league movie he's wolverine from all wolverine movies he's the I don't know. He doesn't need a guy in the chair because his nanites are the guy in the chair. They can find anybody yeah. at any point, anywhere, and ping every cell phone and car and every computer chip he's aware of. Yeah, and they definitely try to solve it with a thank you for smokingism. Where later on, after the EMP, and he gets reset, and yeah. he and uh, Lamorne are about to like go out and save the world. He's like, oh, don't worry, the nanites, I can hack into anything. He's like, no, you can't, because it'll trigger the server. Right. They go back to that server, and it's like, why can't he just send the nanites to a different <laughs> server? Maybe he doesn't have that kind of control over the programming? I don't know. Yeah. But it was, it was, a, it was a good thank you for smokingism of like, okay, we're taking away that other superpower <laughs> that you needed earlier in the movie to yeah. advance the plot. It's important for the plot that you can't do that right now. Yeah, uh, it was important for the plot earlier that you could do it, and now it's important that you can't do it. Right. Uh, so we're just going to turn that off and on when we want. Yeah. But yeah, I love this movie. This movie was fun. I was exactly what I expected it to be. It's exactly what I wanted. And I'm upset that I didn't get to see it sooner. Um, last two questions for me. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. Did you have a favorite line of dialogue in this movie? Um, yeah. When they introduce KT and her cyborg lungs, he, Guy Pierce says something along the lines of, she has, uh, she breathes through a thing in her sternum, so she's immune to inhalants. I was like, man, I know that this is going to come up later <laughs> in the story, but I can't imagine that being a very effective superpower. <laughs> No. She just won't breathe in poison. And, like, how many times on a daily basis do you come across poison? Yeah, it came up twice where she blows poison into somebody else's face through that Which cigarette. Was very cool. Like, great. That redeemed it all. That is a great single use of that superpower. 
Meanwhile, Dalton can like freaking parkour off of walls. Yes. And yes. Tibbs can see everything in the world, even though he's blind. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was with you. That that one stuck out to me. I was like, this seems lame. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was at least going to be able to like breathe underwater. I thought that's where that was going. Yeah, that like be... she was a she was one of the top Navy swimmers. Now she can't be poisoned. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Please don't. You didn't let her. You didn't give her aqua lungs. <laughs> yeah, or like flipper feet or anything. Yeah, but I, I, you are right. They do use her powers well. Like it's not like, oh, this is a poison room. I wonder who's going to walk through it. What about the girl yeah. who can't be poisoned? But, like, she kind of becomes, like, an assassin-type character. I was like, okay, all right, I, I'll believe that. That's that's effective. Uh, and the uh, – also, I, this is a total side note. Kyle, please cut this later. But when you said, like, who's going to go through that room, I immediately just the, – the Harry Potter line of, like, not me, not Hermione, <laughs> you. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why that – anyway. <laughs> Back to the dialogue of this movie. Yeah. Um, the one that really stuck out to me was Lamorne Morris saying, I need real friends. <laughs> when he's talking about it, he goes, oh, 20 quid says, you know, he says, Jesus Christ, 20, 20 quid, 20. I need real friends. Yeah. <laughs> he does. A, I thought that was. He brings so much funness to this movie that is a little, I'm so cool all the time. Like yeah. Winston is a breath of fresh air and it's freaking yes. Winston. Like. Oh, perfect casting. Just really, really great casting. Yep. And then uh, my final comment was when I found out dirt, like at the twist halfway through that they're putting him through a simulation, my brain immediately went into like, all right, every time he goes to sleep, is it another simulation? Is this like inception level simulations? <laughs> is he just in a tank somewhere going through endless simulations? And they're studying his brain to blah, 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 blah. I don't know. So when he wakes up, because uh, Winston shocks him awake, I sit there going, all right, is this another simulation? (laughs) I had the same Did you complete your task by killing all those people, and now they're, like, resetting you for a different one? Right, right. And then when he wakes up again at the end, and... Winston's still there and looks way different. Yeah. Got like a Matrix level glow up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey man, like, thought we were going to lose you. Like, didn't know if you'd remember me. Yeah. He's like, why wouldn't he remember you? Like, because it wasn't you, because yeah. it was a simulation. You didn't know if it was going to take. <laughs> then he goes outside and Isa Gonzalez is like, he goes, it feels like a dream. She's like, it is. It's like, wait, is it? Are they in a dream right now? <laughs> And then they're driving off in the sunset, and he goes, "Are you sure we're not in a simulation?" And then the, like, they yeah, cut. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. it's, it's I, simulations <laughs> inside simulations. Someone spin a top. Yeah, I was about to say we don't even get a top spin at the end. To a top spin wobble at all. No tipping of the hand. But you have to believe that Bloodshot for the rest of his life is worried that he's in a simulation. I don't think Bloodshot's worried about anything because <laughs> if that movie told me anything. <laughs> He trusts the first person he meets when he wakes up and will tell them literally anything yeah. and believe whatever they say. That's fair. So That's fair. He's the perfect simulation <laughs> trap because he'll just always wake up and be like, oh, this is real. This is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I'll go kill that guy for you. I'll go oh, I've you. never met you before. 
Wait, did you do crazy experiments on me? Perfect. <laughs> I'm upset about want... it, but not that Yeah, upset. do you need me to kill somebody and have no more follow-up questions? Perfect. It's <laughs> exactly the mission I want. So, I hope we've convinced you that you need to go see Bloodshot. It's phenomenal. It's fun. You don't even have to get up your couch. It's $7. Or, hey, I bought a HD copy of it from Best Buy, a hard copy, a disc that you put into a DVD player or a Blu-ray player, depending on which one you have. I have that in my house. That's how good and how much I like this movie. I cannot recommend it any higher than that. Crawford, is there any final takes you want to say? About yeah, movie. I'll say it, it got a 5.7 on IMDb, and I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was a 10, right? I'm not out That's here fair. riding like Shawshank Redemption. Uh, but it was it was definitely not Eternals. It was definitely not Morbius. It wasn't, you know, Thor Ragnarok, but it's not John Wick, but it's somewhere in between, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's better than at least half of the Bourne movies. Oh, yeah, I would say that. It, there's, yeah. There's definitely a Fast and Furious feel, and it's not just because Vin Diesel's in it and, sure. and a wife beater, but like a... Wow, that was loud. Like a late-stage Fast and Furious movie, like a Fast and Furious 6 or 7, where they're... Fast and Furious. Furious. Fu- furious. Did I say Furious? I'm pretty sure. Fast and Furious. That's, that's when Rocket Raccoon shows up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's a crossover we needed. I didn't even know we needed it till right now. Groot and Furious. Um, <laughs> but it's not like they're they're uh, drag racing. But it, you know, Fast and Furious Seven, when Vin Diesel's launched off a car and tackles somebody out of the air and lands on a car going the other way, and they're just fine. Um, just great action scenes like that. On top of, I think a Jason Bourne movie is a pretty accurate um, depiction. This movie has a lot of other movies slammed together. And I think it works pretty well. It's a fun movie. It's a great late night, you know, up late, what am I going to throw on? Bloodshot is a great movie. I did the same thing with one of the Venom movies you mentioned earlier um, yeah. in, our, in our previous pod. Um, and I would throw this on more than Venom 1 or 2. Yeah, I'd say it's Robocop meets Memento. It's not as good as either of those movies, but it's still very fun. Yeah. And I, I have to... Worth, admit, worth the watch. Yeah, I would agree. Thank you for joining us on Not the Podcast You Deserve. We have been your hosts, Drew and Drew. We hope Kyle can join us next time. And if you'd like to add in any comments of your own, if you have anything we'd like to know, anything we got wrong, anything you agree with, any movies you want us to see or review, please write into us at ntpwedipodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at ntpwedipodcast on Twitter. We'd love to respond to you. Thank you so much 